Welcome to episode 208 of Respawned Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I am Holden DePardo, here with... Chad Michael Cruella de Villainous. And we've got the dreamiest fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now. You can catch us every Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch, right here on Twitch. Also, Tuesday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, the live stream is presented on YouTube and podcast services. But also, it's the year of the guest, Chad. If you go to That's Apple, fucking right, it is. If you go to Apple.com. If you go to affableidiots.com. <laughs> if you go to Apple.com, we're right there now. Screw new iPhones. We're right there. <laughs> if you go to affableidiots.com, you can sign up, uh, answer a little survey so we know. If, I think you feel like pineapples or not is one of the very important questions. That is one know? of the questions. There's also checkbox yeah, saying important. you won't murder us. Oh, well, that one's less important than pineapples. I'd rather mm-hmm. have someone on the podcast who likes pineapples than someone who doesn't like pineapples and would murder us. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, absolutely. And then this Friday, the next episode of The Grind comes out exclusively on YouTube, talking about the Apple Epic situation. And it's, pun absolutely intended, it's going to be epic. Oh, Upcoming shit. on this. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did make that lame joke. I did. I did do that. <laughs> Upcoming on this episode, though, we're talking about cyberpunk refunds. The future of PlayStation exclusives and Epic Game Store store stores. But before all of that, the main quest, Fitness VR. Hello, DFN Smitty and John. <laughs> this is a John in the street. chat, formerly it, it is... of Respawn Aim Fire, now joined the second rate <laughs> Pixel Street podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Pixel Street podcast is dope. On our main quest, HTC's yeah, wireless us. Vive Air headset. Outed by a premature award, says Sam Makovich at Ars Technica. The I, I think it's just IF. I don't think it's IF. I think it's the IF World Design Guide Awards accidentally um, revealed the headset. HTC has an event scheduled in May, so maybe more details will be revealed then. But for now, we know that the Vive Air focuses on fitness. It's, quote, optimized for high intensity with long use. It has a fabric enclosure, and it separates from the computer and display module so that you can wash the fabric parts so just, you know it gets like sweaty and gross and you want to clean it's, it now it you can disgusting without... <laughs> <laughs> and the fabric is breathable with like this little like ventilation like in the knitting of the fabric itself near the nose gap in the bottom it's actually kind of cool looking the article says it looks like a fitness sneaker but as a vr headset i think it's actually kind of a good comparison of it it's got that but... lime neon green that all cool fitness clothes have yeah, exactly. We have a fitness VR expert here in the form of Chad Michael Innes. And I just really want to know your Scott. thoughts on this. <laughs> um, first of all, my thought is, what a weird way to get leaked. That's like yeah. if, if the technical the technical Emmys leaked the announcement <laughs> of the next Marvel show or something like that. It's like... This thing's winning an award before it even gets announced that it exists, and what a fucking weird yeah. way to leak it. Um, it is but, the best way, though. Like, would you rather be leaked because it's like Walmart actually <laughs> listing your product, or an award show? Like, that's Academy the best award way. award winning best picture, something you haven't heard of yet. Oh, fuck. I'm going to see that for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so this is, this to me, right at first, I'm very excited that it exists quote-unquote, exists. I'm very excited that it exists because I think there's a lot of potential in VR as a fitness platform. And as the article mentions, there's been a lot of times where, especially on Oculus Quest with its you know wireless headset, that there are a lot of developers out there right now making things that are VR fitness focused with uh, box VR is something that I've picked up recently. There's a lot of like crouch and move your head and your hands into these rings or these circles or do this thing in time in order to like simulate high intensity interval training um, in a class environment. So there's a lot of experimentation. It seems like it's kicking, it's like starting to, to take off a little bit in the VR space. So I'm glad that we're starting to think about the hardware as a, as a fitness device as well. Because right now, let me tell you, no headset is good for, for fitness. 
they're as they're as someone who it, has but not excelling at it. Right, right. Like I think obviously the lightest and most ergonomic one is the PlayStation VR, and but I still like every literally without fail every single time I use Box VR, at least one time I will punch myself in the face. <laughs> and most of the time you, know, you gotta hold your fists up really close to your face when you're boxing most of the time it's just with a good strong uppercut and I just uppercut the visor um, but I've also done things like there's a, a company called Black Box VR that I talked about probably two years ago now that is a cable rig setup where the whole thing is like this league style game but you have a HTC headset on and you're doing bench presses with the cable you're doing rows you're doing squats all sorts of things but that headset still even the half hour you're in that is super heavy it is difficult to kind of keep in place any slight tilt and you know in VR any slight tilt or movement on your face everything gets blurry and you got to readjust so that being said I'm glad people are starting to think about the ergonomics of this as a fitness device and and making adjustments from there. I think this basically right now, from the looks of it, is still the same exact thing, but with just mesh fabric instead of a lot of plastic. Yeah. Uh, it's a step in the right direction. But I think there's still some things that need to be addressed. Uh, one of them is weight. And hopefully this has a, uh, either the weight is distributed better along that headband. I did see it has that, like the halo headband design, which is going to be really helpful for that rather than the strap over the top that a lot of headsets have. Um, so the weight and the weight distribution of this headset, hopefully will will go a long way. I assume it doesn't mention in here. I assume that it's going to be a wireless thing because I feel like that's a big limiting factor with VR too. It looks like a standalone headset to me. So I, I think it is. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a standalone headset. And that then brings me to like the next thing that there's currently with VR. I had to do that. Currently with nice. VR, there's a limit, a limited palette of things you can do at home with just a headset. You're basically limited to doing squats, swinging your arms around, and maybe doing lunges. You can't get down and do push-ups really easily. You can't do burpees without risk of having this five-inch protuberance from your face <laughs> smacking into the ground every time that you jump down to the ground. Um, you can't, with the weight of these things, you can't even what do something like... What is a burpee for people who are who oh, don't know? Which is definitely a, me. I know 100% what a burpee <laughs> is. A burpee is just whenever you get your chest to the ground. So you're laying on the ground, and then you have to get up and do a jumping jack. Basically, a jump, you jump oh. up in the air at the top. And it's just I know that. whatever I you do to get said, there. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to do a push-up to, to get down to the ground. You don't have to do a push-up to get yourself back up. Just get to the ground, get up. Um, so, yeah, I think there's you're limited by that. So if they can shrink the footprint of the thing on your face and get it closer to your eyes, that would be a big help as well. Um, but then we also have, like, room scale is going to help. And HTC is really good with room scale. And if this doesn't require the the nodes in your corners of your ceiling like the rest of the HTC stuff does and it's more like the Oculus Quest that's going to go a big uh, a big way in in helping that out but i think that could really help if you can look at the floor and you can see targets on the floor it's like cool you have to now frog jump over to that target now you have to lunge back to this target or if you have a virtual DDR oh my fucking god how has that not been made yet a virtual oh, DDR yeah. mat I guess there's no there's no that way for be... it to know whether you're accurately stepping on those things. That's true, yeah. But in in a fitness environment, it doesn't matter as long as you are making the effort to get there. That's what counts, rather than you actually hitting the spot. So that's there's yeah. a little bit of of shortcoming with that that I don't feel like this is going to address. But it's a step in the right direction. But then there's also the inclusion, like figuring out a way to add in weight training. This is, this is just like all of those like mirrors, you know, the, the big thing that came out in the pandemic where everyone get this mirror and it's going to help you work out. And it's like a personal trainer. Just <laughs> yeah. look at yourself in the mirror and it'll tell you what to do. But it's like, it, you're still limited by what you can do with what's literally around you. So if uh, the picture that, that it shows in the, in the marketing image, well, not even marketing, the unreleased product image is a person with just their hands on a couple of dumbbells, which I think is uh, a good sign that maybe this will have some kind of hand tracking or finger tracking even because you're not holding controllers. Uh, I think that could be a really 
big plus there. That way, like my sister loved box VR with her Oculus headset, but she wanted to do it with five pound dumbbells, you know, to build up strength and things and have some resistance to it. But currently with most things, you can't do that. It's not really effective. So I'm excited for this. I think VR has a lot of promise. I don't know if this is going to make the leap, but it's certainly going to push things a little bit in that direction. And I think it, this this basically just looks like more breathable fabric that you can wash and is not going to get disgusting while you sweat. Which is important. Yeah. I don't have a VR experience with that, but like my headphones I'm wearing right now, I had to buy new cups for them because they got so smelly and gross. I'm like, I don't even want to like put them on my head anymore. It's disgusting. So I got new cups for them and like way better. Uh, this it even looks like you could probably this is I'm assuming here, but like by if that if your you know fabric you know enclosure gets so gross, you could even probably just replace with a new one too, which is also a huge benefit. Every other VR headset is fully enclosed, self-contained. Nothing else you can really do about it. Yeah. Actually, one exception: the Oculus Go. Um, you could take the face part out, but everything else was still like. The PSVR, like the rubber around your eyes, like that thin rubber flap, you can remove that as well and rinse it off and put it back in too. But that's, I mean, like that's not the only part of the headset that it gets disgusting. Like my eyelashes, getting sweat droplets all over the lenses, the headband around Mm -hmm. here, that that pleather starts to Mm -hmm. become really rough. I do wonder how front heavy this is going to be when they have to have all of the components in this module right in the front so you can remove it. I'm curious how much that impacts or if that's really just what the internals of these standalone VR headsets look like anyway, if you could separate them, like they're already that front heavy. I don't know, but I think that, that could be interesting. Um, in terms of like the future VR, one thing that you mentioned a while ago about Ring Fit Adventure, you had like a, I think a very valid concern Ring Fit Adventure was people are doing these moves and measuring it with this ring but there are certain things like doing a squat properly where like the arch of your back and all that stuff is really important. And how is there a potential in the future VR with, you know, external cameras coming back so they can actually track your movements and tell you like in real time, like keep your back arched this way, like right. do that. Um, I feel like that could be something that really benefits a VR too. So it literally is like having a personal trainer there all the time, giving you very, you know, uh, detailed feedback in the moment. Yeah, and I imagine you could there's there's some combination of hardware that can um like for instance if you think about the iPhone now and the lidar scanner and it can use machine learning to tell you like the exact position of every single piece of this person's body and you could probably make an app that watches you through the camera and lets you know whether or not you're doing these things correctly. If you could pair that with the VR experience and then like just have your phone set up watching you and then you could probably have something a little bit more robust that actually coaches you on these types of things too. Mm-hmm. Shut up, Siri. I was going to call it Engage Family Gaming, Stephen Dutzman there, and Porkchop Brent um, for calling us nerds. We're talking about fitness right now, which makes us jocks. Also, it's just yeah, we're definitely jocks. If you went yeah. to go see High School Musical, we would be singing the basketball song. <laughs> um. <laughs> just like the real jocks <laughs> yeah gotta get our get our get our get our heads in the game so yeah i'm excited for it i think this is a step in the right direction obviously if world design guide awards thinks that it's a, a cool enough step forward to give it some kind of a re- award but yeah i, I think it might be just review uh, giving it a word for the design itself which to be fair it is actually a pretty unique looking vr headset because of I mean, kind of what it's designed for. Um, it's cool looking. It's cool looking. There is, for the record, HTC has a Vive-focused event scheduled for mid-May. So we might hear more about this in the in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It's nice. Well, cool. Thank you for sharing your fitness jock bro perspective on VR Anytime, fitness. <laughs> Moving on to uh, playtime. Uh, tell us about Box VR. Let's consider. Let's continue this fitness conversation. <laughs> yeah, Box VR still doing it. Great. You can tell that I'm actually <laughs> using this as a fitness tool, though, rather than Beat Saber, where it's like this is a fun game that I like to do. Where Box VR, I'm literally like, I need to work out today, and the gym's closed. And all right, Box VR, because I have not taken a look at this trophy list once. I'm not even in it for the trophies. Whoa. 
Yeah, I've popped a you, few of them, and I notice. I don't look at what they are because in VR on PS5, it's a pain in the ass to look at things. But um, yeah, I don't even know what the rest of the trophies are. I don't even know if it has a platinum. This is going to happen in like six months. You're going to say to yourself, "I should have gotten the platinum by now. I do this enough." And then you're going to look and try to get the platinum. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and the it's platinum trophy will be like in your first five workouts. Don't fuck up. And I'm like, "Damn it! I should have done. Should have looked." <laughs> Oh, that'd be a terrible trophy to have. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you'll never be able to get it. Be perfect. Otherwise, never again. Uh, yeah, I played some more Final Fantasy IX. That's our barf game for the last two months. We have... I wanted to say Mass Effect, but it's not Mass Effect. It's something much worse. Red Dead Redemption 2 coming up <laughs> for the next two months for our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends games. You all voted and decided you just want to hear me shit on Red Dead after two months. So... Uh, yeah, I'm playing Final Fantasy IX. I am progressing pretty rapidly through it. Um, I'd say I'm like 15 hours into it right now, but I just got to the forest at the end of disc two, according to the IGN walkthrough. Mm. So I think I think I'll get there. I have a pretty light workload this week, so I I'm, I might be able to play and a lot more. I use the guide not to necessarily follow along exactly what to do, but just to kind of track progress. So exactly, we're pretty that's close. What I'm doing yeah. We're about the same place. Um, that, I was going to say, oh, some of these chapters go by super fast. Especially the ones you're coming up on, they go by really, really fast. It also helps when you play at two times speed. So <laughs> that active time <laughs> battle just goes like this. You can walk really fast. It's great. Yeah, I should probably do that. Not because I, like, time-wise, but just... Damn, that game is slow in the battles. Like, just <laughs> yeah. like, and this isn't like a criticism necessarily, but like, it takes thirty seconds sometimes for a battle to start because they have to show every yeah. angle of this three D yeah. area they've created, and it's yeah, it's a lot. Two That's times a fast big criticism nice. from me too. We'll talk about that much more in about a week or so whenever we uh, review it for our barf review. So I did that. Um, I'll save Sackboy for when you go, so we can talk about that together. But I also played the Resident Evil Village Castle demo, and let me tell you, Holden. At first, when they announced the strategy for these demos, it, you know, they said, we're going to release it for only eight hours. You have an eight-hour window to play this. You can only play it for 30 minutes before it times out. And then if you're on PlayStation, you get two weeks early access. If you're on everything else, you can play it starting in May. Um, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I like that release strategy. I think it's dumb. I think it's an arbitrary gate to put on this. But... I also love the fact that I'm playing the demo at the same... Like, when we get in the text thread, and last weekend, mm -hmm. all three of us, all right, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, we all know what we're doing. We're going to play the Resident Evil demo. And then this week, too, you know, I reminded Dallas about it. I'm like, all right, let's play it. I go on Twitter. Everyone's playing it at the same time. I was like, that's kind of a really cool thing that we haven't had since cable television and yeah. non-streaming services were around a decade, decade and a half ago. Um. So it makes for that kind of cool thing. I totally get, though, that it also, like, isolates and excludes a lot of people who maybe that's the eight hours that they are working that day or mm -hmm. it doesn't fit in their time zone and they have to go to bed and they have work in the morning or whatever it might be. But I, I think next weekend it's a full 24 hours, I think. So hopefully that opens it up for more people. I think it's 20, a full 24 and hours. And it's an hour with both – an hour combined for both demos, however yeah. you choose. But I didn't the play castle this demo, demo itself – uh, I didn't play this demo, but the one thing I like about that setup too is that there's no like, it's all it's fresher. You play the the demo and you don't have this like, oh, IGN posted the full video of it and yeah. I'm getting to it three days later. Like you just that you play it, that's the only opportunity you have. It's all fresh. I think it's really cool. Yeah. So I did play this demo, and it is mostly like overwhelmingly the majority of this demo is the same environment as the Maiden demo that was released a couple months ago that as I was playing it I realized oh this was that was a PS5 exclusive demo so I'm like why did they reuse the same environment a little bit but then I was like oh people on Xbox and PC haven't played this yet so it's the same environment but you kind of come at it backwards actually you kind of the reverse order of how you did the Maiden demo there's oh, uh, some spoopy stuff um, there's a lot of like actual enemies in this rather than just like the maiden and running away from the maiden. There's like, oh, enemies, and you got to do uh, ammo management, which I completely horrendously failed at. Um, <laughs> I ended up knifing a lot of people. It takes about 12 knives 
to kill one bad guy. So you're welcome. I learned that for you. Uh, but no, I, I really, really enjoyed it. It gives, again, a great idea of the atmosphere. The castle looks still fucking gorgeous at 45 frames a second for 4K resolution with ray tracing. Mm, so good. I'm very, very excited for this game. Uh, as I mentioned, I pre-ordered it months ago, and I, I think my strategy for the next few weeks is going to be get Returnal and beat that shit as fast as possible starting this weekend. And then Resident Evil comes out the following week and beat that as fast as possible. And then Mass Effect comes out, spend a good old sexy honeymoon period with that, and then crunch like fuck at the end of June for Red Dead. I think that's my strategy. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited to get that. And then I have to come back and play. I have It Takes Two that I haven't played yet. I'm still looking to, to try to find time for that. I've got multiple people who wanted to play that with me multiple times. We just didn't have time to do it. Uh, still, I bought Outriders. I haven't put a single minute past the demo into that game, and I'm really fucking stoked for that. So, yeah, it's a lot of, lot of great games. Not so much time right now. Uh, one thing, I, I'm glad you mentioned great games in the context of Red Dead. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'm sure that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say with Red Dead, there's no two times fast mode. That's going to be really hard <laughs> to crunch. <laughs> So just the heads up on that one. Um, just, yeah, just the heads up on that one. Um, I can't, like, strap a yeah. rocket to my horse or roller skates or something. <laughs> I think – I can't remember now because I played, like, half of it. And I chose the barf, to be clear, this this month. So Chad didn't pick a game that he doesn't want to play. I chose a game <laughs> for him that he doesn't want to play. I think you there's chose a chance a you might like it still. everyone else confirmed your choice. Yes, let's torture Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might not hate it as much as you think you're going to. Um, I think the acting and the storytelling it will still appeal to you. Um, I think I, you're I wouldn't right. pick but the characters just yeah. too fun to play of hating Red Dead Redemption too. <laughs> the um, I was gonna say about Red Dead. I think you can skip like though when you go to a mission and you have to like ride your horse to the mission. There's like the conversation between you and someone else. I think you can skip those. I think I can't remember possible that might help out anyway sack boy big adventure yeah we beat it we beat it kind of i haven't technically because i have to beat the third world because i missed that time with you in uh darby and jeff i really love this game a lot it's still like i mean i think we're gonna say a lot of the same things from the last time but it's just yeah. it's just a ma- it's a really magical game it's really fun especially on playstation 5 with those haptics feels really good and satisfying the music's fantastic it's great stuff were you i'm curious if you had the same feeling i had here were you really frustrated though with the difficulty spike it felt like it just got ridiculously hard at points unfairly so sometimes i don't know if it got unfairly hard it, it did get much more difficult in the last couple of worlds for sure but i think having four people makes it harder than it should have been that's fair yeah. Because playing with uh, not only four people, but four people and all playing over the internet and people having glitches and shit. But I feel mm-hmm. like just just as with a Mario game, a side-scrolling 2D, like new Super Mario Bros. game, playing with four people, you lose track of who you are. It gets hectic as shit. You jump. Someone accidentally jumps at the same time and jumps on your head and fucking you fall off a cliff. It's like, So I feel like yeah. it wasn't – the difficulty wasn't balanced for four players having chaos all at the same time. If you were just playing one or two people, maybe couch co-op, it would have been a little bit different. But I still, I think it was a welcome challenge. It wasn't too easy that we were able to breeze through it. It felt like a little kitty baby game, but I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying. What I would add on to that, and I guess what I kind of meant with the whole unfair difficulty at, at times, not overall, but at times, was I felt like, and this could have been actually part of the multiplayer with the camera, is that I felt like I would be heading towards future obstacles and the camera wouldn't pan with me uh, yeah. fast enough or something like that. And so I, I wouldn't see this obstacle coming up and then I fall and I die. Yeah, that's 100% because it was trying to manage all four of us at the same time. And sometimes, I think there were some times where to us, it looked like we were all off camera. But I think to Darby Darby and Jeff, like, you know, they mentioned that sometimes they would just fly for no reason. Darby going forward. (laughs) (laughs) They would just for no reason just go flying off the screen. Um, But to us, it would look like they were completely normal and then just walked off the edge. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. So I think there was some of that going on where the game just didn't know what to do with the camera because of 
some multiplayer yeah. shenanigans going on. But you're right, it that was, was frustrating. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Still a really good game though. I I don't know how all this how well it sold, but I feel like it was not not well enough. Not well enough, yeah. And I really would like to see more in this franchise. Not like you know what Little it Big needs? Planet, but specifically Sackboy Big Adventure 3D platformer. You know what it needs? It need it needs another big push. It came out mm-hmm. and got drowned by a lot of things, especially not having online co-op at launch. It came out and yeah. got drowned out by Spider-Man and Demon Souls and all these other games that came out at launch. It needs the equivalent that Little Big Planet got, where a few months after launch, it got the Metal Gear Solid 4 pack, where all these levels now based with Metal Gear Solid stuff mm-hmm. and new costumes all based around that. Like It needs a big new Horizon pack with a new world of levels based on Horizon Zero Dawn or something like that to to get people to regain interest in it that and maybe even coinciding um maybe maybe separate maybe coinciding playstation plus put it on playstation plus for free yeah yeah because they i mean they're doing that they're with ps5 games this would be a great one to put on on sale yeah absolutely 100 percent. it's also a good showcase of the ps5 in terms of the controller feedback and all that it's good stuff it is good stuff sumo digital did that one because this was not mini molecule right yeah sumo digital yeah sumo digital work yeah very good work. Speaking of good work, let's go to our quest log and congratulate Microsoft on a great decision. Free-to-play games, Fortnite, Warzone, and others no longer need Xbox Live Gold, says Owen S. Good at Polygon. So there are 70 Xbox games that have been given free access to online play, even without Xbox Live Gold. Certain restrictions will still apply, however. So, like, if there was a free-to-play weekend for a, you know, $60 game, you still have to have Xbox Live Gold for, for that. So there are still... It's not across the board, but it's nice to see this uh, this yeah. addition. I would say there's a there's something else that you know, we we discussed that this was going to happen a few weeks ago. Whenever Microsoft was making changes and now calling Xbox Live Xbox Network, um, in addition, it divorced party chat from Xbox Live Gold as well. So you can now get yeah. into Fortnite, all join a party chat together, and and talk without needing to pay for a monthly subscription, which I think is. You know, you can already do that on iOS You with all these same games. You can already do that on um, PlayStation with some of these games. I think some of these still require PlayStation Plus for multiplayer, like Warzone, maybe. Ah, you know, I don't even know if that's true. I know Fortnite you can play without PS Plus. Obviously, you can also do that. And you, I believe Fortnite has built-in voice chat on Nintendo Switch without Nintendo yeah, Network does. as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you, th- these are already on other platforms. It's great to see xbox catching up and and making this available how weird is it that like they're not really like quote-unquote behind they are behind but they're not really behind because if you think about even a generation ago like this point last generation free to play on a console was not a thing no not until fortnite really came out or did it become a thing because even PUBG Mm -hmm. was you know, 20 bucks, bucks or something like that. Yeah. 30, yeah. How freaking crazy is that? And they have some right now big I feel like games too. Standard. Like they also have Apex Legends on there. That's pretty huge. Mm-hmm. They have Destiny 2. That's a pretty big one. They also That's have, right, because Destiny went free to play. Yeah, they also have great games such as Two Human. And Outriders demo version, not the full game, which is a little, that one's a little <laughs> weird actually. Uh, but yeah, this is just a, a good move. It, I, this is also kind of bringing it in parity with PC, where you don't actually have to pay for online outside of just right. your internet connection. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see. That's good stuff. It's good but stuff. In not parity with PC, if you pay for a game on Xbox, you do have to pay to play online with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of awesomeness, through the Sony Quest log here, PlayStation Boss says PS5 generation will have more exclusives, says Matt Perslow at IGN. Here's the full quote from Jim Ryan, the head 
of Sony Interactive Entertainment right now. We have been quietly but steadily investing in high-quality games for PlayStation, and we will make sure that the PlayStation 5 generation will have more dedicated software than ever before. We have repeatedly engaged in mergers and acquisitions, including Insomniac Games in the U.S. We will not rule out that option in the future. There's a story related to this, but what are our thoughts on Jim Ryan's lovely quote there? I didn't think my erection could get any stiffer. Mm -hmm. If I think about last generation and I have to rank maybe the top 10, top 12 best games of last generation, over half of them would be PlayStation exclusives. So why do I not want more of them this (laughs) round? Like, yes, please. This is exactly what I want. I mean, sure, I feel for Xbox players, but like, you had a choice. (laughs) (laughs) You chose... (laughs) (laughs) Holy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- we also see them, you know, expanding their reach on PC a little bit. We'll s- hopefully see, it sounds like, some kind of streaming competitor or, like, Games Pass competitor. So we might be able to see these games still be, quote-unquote, PlayStation exclusive, but be accessible to a wider audience. But I am so happy that they are investing more in their first-party studios this generation than they were. I mean, not necessarily investing more, but, like... Mm-hmm. They're churning out more. I'm excited. That's it. That's all I have to say. I'm excited. I, I 100% agree with everything you said. I mean, some of the best games, last generation, and quite frankly, some of the best games of all time came out yeah. as PlayStation exclusive games. And they have such a high bar um, to for that experience that I'm really excited that we're going to get more of that. And quite frankly, we've already seen way more PlayStation exclusive games already this generation. Yeah. I mean, when PlayStation 4 came out, you didn't have games like Sackboy, Demon Souls, Miles Morales, Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, Rift Apart, all coming out within the first year. There are others too that just haven't been announced Destruction yet in terms of release date. Um, you know, the five games I mentioned before, I think, uh, <laughs> cover it <laughs> completely. Um, so it's really, really exciting to to see this. And it kind of brings us into the next story, too, which I think furthers the conversation. PlayStation signs AAA multiplayer game um, from former Destiny veterans. This is Christopher Dring at GamesIndustry.biz. Firewalk Studios will also inc- – um, Firewalk Studios is the name of the studio. They'll also include talent from Irrational Games, Harmonix, Activision, um, Bioware, and, and more. They are focused on, quote, story in AAA multiplayer, um, although their definition of story, just from my interpretation uh, – was kind of loose compared to like a tightly focused narrative of last of us or God of war versus those have like a narrative straight through. And it feels like they meant it more in terms of having memorable moments in multiplayer. They talked about that, you know, that time where, you know, someone fell off the map and it was really funny or that time where you didn't have the right weapons to beat that boss, but you overcame it anyway, like that kind of stuff. And to me, what's exciting about this is we know there's going to be more exclusives, but it seems like they're also investing in different types of exclusives than we maybe saw in the last generation. And that's also really exciting to me. Yeah. I think we had a discussion sometime last year where we're like, what does Sony need to add to its lineup? And we're, they don't have a, they don't have a multiplayer shooter or a shared world or an online MMORPG or something like that. Like they don't have the big online multiplayer thing in their wheelhouse yeah. right now. Uh, so hopefully this could be something that, I mean, obviously the pedigree of all of these people is really amazing and hopefully this will be an amazing game. And if PlayStation thinks it is, then I probably will think it is. Uh, there's also, I feel like if it is the MMO type experience, which I don't know if it's specified either way, whether it's MMO or whether it's just like a multiplayer campaign that like eventually has an end. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's the MMO experience, I feel like we've made some strides you know, compared to the, I don't, you couldn't even call it a story in Destiny 1 when that launched, all the way to like <laughs> this most recent, like Season of the Chosen in Destiny 2 right now is like a really great way for them to expand the story in the universe of Destiny 2 week by week with extra um, like pieces of lore and character relationships being built, built out. I feel like, I feel like as an industry, we're starting to figure out how to make ongoing games compelling from a story perspective even if they contain tasks that you're doing over and over non-stop forever yeah and also having a company behind it like sony that can say we're going to continue this 
like for longer because we want this to be a staple of the platform. They're not going to be as restricted by budgets as a, a pure software company would be. Right. So there's definitely something really interesting that could happen there as well. So it's it's this is cool to see. It's also just a good way to compete with Microsoft, who does do really well with multiplayer games. It's kind of what they're known for. So it's kind of keeps them competitive in that way too. Because we all know that the story of Microsoft not having games is not a story that will continue on much longer. That will right. absolutely change in the next few years. Maybe even this E3. Who knows? Um, Dude, I can't fucking wait for Perfect yeah. Dark. Ugh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know much about Perfect Dark, but I'm excited about how everyone else is so excited about it, so I just can't wait to see what it's going to be. It's cool. It's cool. Ready to move on to the third-party quest log, Chad? You ready for this? Let's do it, bruh. Boom. So CD Projekt refunded around 30,000 Cyberpunk 2077 copies, says Brendan Sinclair um, at gamesindustry.biz. Only 13.7 million, sorry, not only, out of 13.7 million copies sold. CDPR refunded 30,000 copies themselves, but this doesn't include copies refunded by other companies. Uh, this guy named Richard Hogue on Twitter broke down CDPR's financial statement and concluded the total number of refunds was probably closer to 500,000 copies of the game. Either way... That's definitely, to me, that definitely kind of points to people who bought the game were not as upset or were more willing to give CD Projekt Red a chance to fix things than some of the uh, social media and media responses would have you believe of this like doomsday scenario for CD Projekt Red. Yeah, I'm I'm um I'm on both sides of this argument right now where. 30,000 copies refunded by CDPR themselves. So that's sort of like people could not get a refund through other outlets. So CDPR out of their own pocket said, hey, here's your money back. 500,000 copies of a game. Half a million games, though, is not an insignificant number. Like, uh, I know compared to what it sold, 13.7 million, that's like 127th mm -hmm. of it. But still, like that's a, a half a million people asking for their money back for a game is is a, a big percentage. But I think you're right that a lot of people trusted them. You know, they have mm -hmm. the the pedigree with Witcher 3 and all of that support. A lot of people just trusted them and said, all right, this game fucking sucks now. I paid 60 bucks for it. I'm pissed that it doesn't run on my machine. But if you would have delayed it three months, four months, I would have paid 60 bucks for it again anyway. So I'll just hang on to it for now and then eventually play it when it's fixed. I feel like that's the narrative that a lot of people who were upset with it or who could literally couldn't play it probably mm -hmm. opted for. Um, but the I, I don't think the, the Twitter outrage and the doom and gloom was super overblown because it is still a PR and a trust nightmare for them, whether or not it was a financial nightmare for them. Yeah. Um, because I to right now, to me, that company's a joke. Their next game, it's a joke to me right now until they prove otherwise. Um, and that's someone that I highly respect. And I was like, oh, Witcher 3, that's, everyone fucking loves that game. They make quality work. Yeah, of course I'll be excited if something else comes my way that seems like more right up my alley. But now I'm like, no, I am 100% not buying anything they do at launch until they prove that they're responsible enough with their releases. So yeah. I think there's more damage done than just a, mil a half a million copies of money refunded. Sure, yeah. There's not there's not damage done in the sense of finances. They're financially totally, totally fine, which might not be a good thing for the industry that they were able to financially get away with this. Um, that's definitely a problem. It it just to me shows there's a lot of confidence still, and and it does also mean that they have the ability to convince people that they can make it up. Because people will still have the game if a story comes out that says the next gen update for Cyberpunk is out and it's actually really fantastic or something like that. Like it, it could really, really bolster their their image in a good way. Um, Steven from Engage Family Gaming makes a good point in the in the chat here. He says it is, but it's unprecedented. You're totally right. It's still unprecedented even at the five hundred thousand number. So we, but he importantly says here too, we don't have a benchmark to compare it to. I think it's a great point, and I'm assuming what you mean by that. Correct me if I'm wrong, Stephen. Is that we don't we don't really know what the return rate is for most of their games. For a normal I'm willing game, yeah. to bet for normal games. I don't think it's nearly as high as this. Obviously, I think this is still probably a much larger number than normal. Um, I did try to look up like 
I was trying to figure out the the number five hundred thousand. Like, what is that equivalent? What's a what's a big enough game that sold five hundred thousand people so that people can wrap their head around? Like, oh my god, that's how many people. And one that I came across, I think that was a, a sizable one, is that Firewatch, the game Firewatch by Campo Santo, sold five hundred thousand copies in their first month. Imagine if every person who bought their game returned it in their first mm-hmm. month. That's that's how many people. Like, and that's that was a pretty big successful game. But yeah, yeah, it's it's so hard to find a figure or something to relate this to, to make it really to really know the impact of it. So here's something that might offer some sort of context. Um, in in kind of my researching for the next episode of the grind, I came across you know how, how much money is divvied up for the retail release of a game versus how much money is divvied up for a digital. Like what's what's the cut for retail basically? And one of the things that gets factored in for the cut of retail is how much money of your sixty dollars you get. $7 of that has to be um, held to the side for buying back copies of the game because of return or just wasn't sold. So that's a pretty pretty big portion, I'd say, bigger than I expected at least, of that $60 price tag to go towards re- buying back um, games or returning games. Um, I'm not sure how that plays out in terms of like the numbers of copies sold that are end up returning back. Um, but it is a consideration that's held by developers at all times. I think it's also worth noting that there are still people just holding out, hoping that this game will one day work because mm-hmm. they, it's still not available for sale in the PlayStation Store several yeah. months later now. The patch that they released, from what I read, fixes and makes it runnable on PS4 Pro, but still not on base PS4 and Xbox systems. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and they, they, you know, whenever it came out broken, they promised people, oh, we'll have two updates by the end of February that will fix everything and make it run. And so people are still trusting them with all of this money, <laughs> but it, it, you know, it's now end of April and the refund period is over. Like they didn't hit their goal yeah. by February and people now just don't have a way to refund. Like they, they have no choice but to continue to trust them. Yeah. Steven continued in the chat here, and I think he's making some more good points. He said, um, I think the Witcher brand is stronger than CD Projects, so that I think people's memory is going to be short on this one, especially the general public. And he says that his plan is to buy it when it's on sale for $15, so like in a year or so, he thinks. Um, I think he's definitely right on the Witcher brand being stronger than CD Projekt Red. An example, too, of a company that's really fucked up a lot is Bioware. I mean, they messed up the ending of, of Mass Effect 3, in the public sphere at least. They just messed up, generally speaking, on Andromeda. And dare I mention their next game that we all remember? What game was that? <laughs> we all remember. I don't have to even say it. <laughs> it was their next their next game. Oh, I see. Hint, hint. Yeah, yeah. Um, they messed up a bunch of times, and people are still excited for this next Mass Effect game that got announced at the Game Awards last year. So, like, I think they can still make it up. It's still obviously the biggest blunder in gaming, period, I would say. But yeah. they, I think they can still make it up. If Bioware can get away with it, I think Cedar Project Red is going to be totally good. They made what many consider to be the greatest RPG of all time. I don't agree with that. But I've heard some people say <laughs> you that. You want to agree with it. You've played it so many times trying to agree with I've it. I've tried so hard. I I did play it again more recently, and I got more into it, and I'm more willing to give it a chance because I really liked Cyberpunk's story and where it ended up going. That I In the payoffs in the end, I thought were really good. Um, just my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree with me there, but that's my opinion. So I have faith that The Witcher 3 will kind of live up and and progress well in its story. So I'm going to give it another chance, but I'm waiting for the next-gen upgrade. I want that next-gen goodness with the ray tracing and all that, so. Chad, do you have any more thoughts on uh, Cyberpunk 2077 here? Uh, You cut out. What did you just ask? I asked if you have any more thoughts on the the topic. No. Cool. Let's move on to the final story in our third-party quest log here. H.io, Brave, and Krita, among PC apps added to the Epic Game Store, says Alex um, Calvin at PC Games Insider. The notable addition here is itch.io, which is an independent indie game store. Epic has said they will take no revenue from sales made within itch.io if downloaded from the Epic Game Store, Um, which is them putting their money where their mouth is, or lack of money in this case, because they're not taking any money from it. This is one that I was... 
I'm still kind of confused about, but that I had no idea. The Epic Games Store apparently also sells apps. Like, you could get an iHeartRadio subscription app through it. You can get mm-hmm. whatever the fuck, that, like these Itch.io Brave, I always, I've always called this Itch.io because I've only ever read it. But Itch.io, Brave, and Krita are just like, they're not games, but they're on the Epic Games Store as apps for your PC that you can get. And I was like, it, it broke my brain a little bit. I was like, what are they talking about? And then it's like, <laughs> you can buy independent games with the itch.io. And I was like, you can buy games through a game store game that you downloaded from a game store? I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, and then yeah. I had a heart attack. It's very strange. It's very strange. Um, it's not something you see very often. There's stores within stores. Yeah. It's just a very, even just, I don't know, I just find the concept very, very strange. But I do have to at least give props when Epic Games puts their money where their mouth is. Um kind of a tease for the grind they don't always do that so <laughs> so it's nice to see when companies do do that um Dude. but it's a really bizarre concept i think what is the benefit of of having the itch.io store inside the epic game is it just that it's now one universal launcher because they're not taking a cut from it it's yeah. anything that any profit goes straight back to itch.io what is it, what's the benefit for people from getting a store within a store I'm going to be pessimistic here for a second. <laughs> I I think it's literally just about them putting their money where their mouth is, and that's it. It's, it's right before this court case goes to, with Apple. They're like, look, we put third-party stores on our store, and we don't take a cut. Yeah, like I'll, I'll say this because I, don't, I, I didn't actually include this in the outline for the grind. Is Epic seems to kind of take this approach of saying – I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but they'll kind of say, generally speaking, sometimes – we do this, and it's good that we do it. It's illegal if Apple doesn't do it. It's just like this weird, like extra step they take. So like they'll talk about like how well when we charge um, for in-app payments in in our store, we let developers use their own payment pr- um, method if they want to. Um, Apple doesn't, therefore what they're doing is illegal. And it's this weird job. And it feels like it's another thing they can say. Like we allow games within game stores within game stores, because we stand by it, and it's bad that Apple doesn't. That's kinda and to be fair here, like I've really been delving deep into that, and the more I've delved into it, the more kind of pessimistic on the subject I think I've gotten. Um but I, I would not be surprised if that's a, a big portion of it. Just like how when Apple lowered their cut to 15% for small businesses. It was, of course, in right response. After, yeah. yeah, like Epic is saying, you don't care about small businesses. And Apple's like, oh, but look at this policy I just pulled out of my ass. Like, it's incredible. We help <laughs> yeah. small businesses now. Um, it's not like it's a bad thing, but sometimes companies do things um, that are good with bad intent. Not with bad intent, but with uh, with nefarious An ulterior uh, motive. motives. Ulterior motive, yeah. So that's that's what I think is happening here. My truly optimistic rainbows and sunshines perspective on this. <laughs> well, let's go into the fetch quest. Speaking of big company decisions here, uh, Nvidia CEO Hung very confident the ARM deal will be approved. Says Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. So Nvidia is trying to buy ARM. ARM is a huge. Um, uh, it's kind of hard to explain what they do. They basically create instruction sets for other companies to make chips out of. I think it's the easiest way to describe what they do. Like system App- on a chip kind of thing. System on a chip, yeah. So yeah. like Apple, like they have their own chips now. But really they're ARM chips. They license from ARM and they do their own thing with it. I think a while ago I made the comparison like Lego sets. Like you can buy a Lego set. It has an intended way to use a Lego set. But then companies will take the Lego set and add in wherever they want to it because it's a Lego set. You can do that. Um, so Nvidia's trying to buy them for $40 billion. They're, so they say they're confident it's going to go through, that it'll happen in 2022. Um, but right now, Microsoft, Google, and Qualcomm are filing complaints with U.S. regulators, and the U.K. regulators are already investigating them. So we'll see what uh, what happens. Actually, wait. Sorry. Um, Stephen posted more here in the chat. I want to see what he said. Yeah, so uh, Steven's commenting on the whole Epic Apple thing. He says, this is going to be a fun chess game to watch play out. The frustrating piece is that neither of these companies are our friends, and people are picking sides. 
uh, I would also say I, I highly recommend tuning into the grind this Friday and seeing what uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot there. Um, anyway, with Nvidia, I'm I'm really curious what's going to happen with that yeah. one in particular. That's that's, that's a, a huge big change. business for them to get. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have a lot of impacts for sure. So speaking of equally huge companies, Celeste devs announced their next game, but we don't get any details for a very, very long time, apparently. We did get, we know it's called Earth something, Earth, Earth Walkers. Earth Sword or something like that. Earth, Earth something like Earthbound. that. Earthbound. It's just called Earthbound but, or Mother 3 or something. But, um, Lena Rain, who did the soundtrack for Celeste, which was in fucking credible, also is doing the soundtrack for the new game, and she released a minute and a half teaser Shit sounds dope. Shit sounds dope. Excite. Earthblade. That's what it's called. Earthblade. Earthblade. Almost Earth, Wind, and Fire, Steven. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to that. Speaking of Earth, speaking of Earth, Wind, and Fire, Jeff Kaplan leaves Blizzard. Kaplan Whoa. was the director of Overwatch and has been with Blizzard for 19 years. Interesting move. Yeah. Kind of in the I middle of Overwatch being in development one there. spot doing... A very very similar thing for 19 years straight. Yeah, I could, I could see wanting a change. I could see wanting to leave Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. Uh, actually, speaking of big mergers, this time for real. Report: yeah. Microsoft no longer in talks to buy Discord. Says already noticed at Kotaku. Although talks could resume in the future, according to the Wall Street Journal, uh, Discord wants to focus on uh, basically opening up. Um, publicly so people can buy shares in the company i think that's a smart move on their part yeah absolutely i also don't really want to see microsoft buy them yeah although i would love for them to be integrated more with system although it wouldn't be integrated discord would not be integrated with playstation if microsoft bought them but mm -hmm. i would i would love yeah. better discord here's the thing I get why people who play PC games use Discord. It's fucking wonderful. Everything goes through the same headphone jack or through the same Bluetooth connection through your headphones. I get it. I want to use Discord. If I had the option to use Discord on my PlayStation instead of PlayStation Party Chat, and then we could, you know, cross-chat with Xbox and all that kind of shit, and I didn't have to wear an AirPod inside of another AirPod or an AirPod inside <laughs> of a PlayStation headset, that would be fucking wonderful. I want Discord to become the de facto chat app. They just got to make it happen. And if going public gives them enough money to make that happen and make those deals, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll buy stock in that company and then regret it a lot later whenever it dips. <laughs> just like I did with Bumble. Bumble fucking tanked for me. What an idiot decision that was. <laughs> Bumble's going to go through the roof. Dating apps, everyone dates. It's like mandatory. You have to do it. So yeah, with, um, yeah, so with Discord, I think their big obstacle with the consoles is the consoles and Sony doesn't want to like alleviate CPU resources to allow this third party app to do chat across the board. Cause I don't even think it necessarily is a business thing necessarily. I, I think it probably is just a resource thing where when you open up, you know, the a movies application or something like that, it's not really interfering with you playing a game. But if you open up discord and you're using that while playing a game, it absolutely is eating up resources could be used for the games and developers want to use as much of that horsepower as they possibly can. And the resources are precious. I think it's probably a big reason why we haven't seen that, but I would absolutely take the hit just to have discord because I would much rather have that convenience. Then I would sacrifice ray tracing. Whoa. I would sacrifice ray tracing. Whoa. Yeah. I do not share his point of view. Holden speaks for himself. He does not speak for <laughs> affable idiots or respawn in fire. Please still give me ray tracing. <laughs> ray tracing might be coming to the new respawn game, which is a brand new IP being built from scratch, says Zermena Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle. I don't care what it is. I just want to see what it is because it's probably going to be fucking awesome. Yep. I'm excited. Very excited. And new IP means new lore, means new characters, mm -hmm. new story. And they're I'm 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 a fan of respawn games. Even Apex Legends apparently has really cool lore and shit like that that I just don't pay attention to because I'm not interested in the game. But um yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, 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 good. Steve, we've been over this. It's not the nerdiest crap ever. We're jocks. We've been over this. It's the jockiest crap. 
We're the this jock is like you just people crap. ever. This, imagine, imagine us wearing jock straps and then we shit in them. This is the jockiest crap. <laughs> Sony confirms PlayStation Plus video pass. <laughs> Testing is region locked for now. The service offers access to Sony Films, Bloodshot, Venom, and Zombieland Double Tap, but there's no word on how or if the service will expand to other regions in the future. Chad, do you care about this? You know what's weird as fuck about this? First of all, it, yes, it is. A, it is a you know a trial thing they're doing in Poland, um, where with the PlayStation Plus free games, you also now get free movies occasionally. All of which happen to be Sony films. But you know what's really weird about this, Holden, is that the PlayStation Store they announced. I don't know whether it's already taken effect or whether it's taking effect this summer. The PlayStation Store will no longer be selling movies and TV shows. But now they are starting to give away movies and TV shows with your PlayStation subscription, which is weird. Like obviously yeah. you're you're obviously they leave the servers up so you can continue to download and watch these movies if you've already bought them. But like you can get Bloodshot for free but you can no longer buy it. They can give you Venom for free but you also don't have a way to buy it on PlayStation. That's so weird to me. Yeah, it's not even just having the PlayStation Video Pass. It's literally that Sony has one of the most popular entertainment boxes on the planet and is saying, eh, we're just like not going to put our video entertainment content on it. It's just, right. it's weird. It'd be like Apple saying, you can get Apple TV Plus on an Apple TV, but you can't get iTunes and, and viewing your movies that you bought and can buy apps on Apple TV. Like, why would you do that? It doesn't make any sense as a business decision. Yeah. It, that's just, it's just so fucking weird to me that they're like, at the same time as not being able to give you our movies, we're going to start testing whether or not we want to give you our movies for free. One at a time. <laughs> Very slowly. <laughs> Only in Poland. Only in Poland. <laughs> and on that note of PlayStation stores, this is good news. PlayStation 3 and Vita PlayStation stores will not close. PSP stores still shutting down, says Rebecca Smith at PlayStation Lifestyle. What a good little reversal that is, because yep. uh, the, there are a couple of things about this. The PSP store itself was already down, but you could still make like in-app purchases through games. This is now shutting down all of that. But like the Vita, like after they announced the the closing of the Vita store, there were a ton of stories about developers who were like, they didn't tell us this, and now we're having to cancel our games because we were going to release the game after they planned to, sh to shut down the store. Mm -hmm. um, also selfishly, like... I'm not with my PS3 right now. I wouldn't be with it by the time they shut down the store, so I'm glad that I can now go back, hook it up, and buy some more shit if I need to. Because you can't mm -hmm. access the PS3 store online right now. You can only access it through the console. But yeah, I, th I think this is a, a good fan servicey move, and they they positioned it as such. So like, listen, we heard the outcry. We understand. We made the wrong decision here, and we're gonna reverse it. So good for them for being humble and responding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to see this. And listening to the fans. And that is it for Respawning Fire, episode 208. That is it. I know a lot of you are like, wait a minute, aren't they going to play a game on game show? Y'all, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't have time for a game on game show today. We played water guns outside and time got away from me. That was game on game show. It was a Patreon exclusive it water was. gun fight yes. in real life. That's yes. what it was, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it for our episode. But that doesn't mean you don't have the same homework. Go play Final Fantasy IX, finish it up, join in for our barf discussion at the end of the month slash maybe beginning of next month. Play Red Dead Redemption 2, go download dope wallpapers, wallpapers from patreon.com slash respawn aim a fire. Um, and then join us on game nights. We play, oh, we watched Mortal Kombat together on Friday and it was, the movie, surprisingly, pretty great. Pretty Should fun. we talk about that? I kind of feel like we actually should. Why not? That should have been in playtime. Well, uh, if we're, I don't want to talk about anything that might have spoilers in it. That's true. That's true. We I both really a, liked I it. I had a great experience. The experience of watching things. We've done this now with Justice League and now with Mortal Kombat. And the experience of watching it with people, I feel like was a good old time. Uh, so mm -hmm. we might do more of that in the future. Maybe with Uncharted. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Mm, but turns out that movie's not real and it's never coming out so <laughs> in addition go to affabilities.com sign up to be on the show you're the guest we've got 
next week, yes, next week, we've got Jeff Walker and, oh, I forget the other person's name, but they're coming on to talk about Pokemon Snap, or new Pokemon Snap, because that releases this Friday as well. I'm super excited about that. Um, so yeah, go sh- sign up to be on the show. We would love it. I think that's it. Did we do everything? It's only been an hour. Sorry, it's a short episode. Or you're welcome. It's a short yeah. episode. Whatever. Tyler, thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Tyler. That's it. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. I had peanut butter on my cookies today, and it was wonderful.